Barry Markson is an attorney and occasional KTAR host. No one has followed the various challenges to the 2022 election more closely than he. From KTAR News, this is The Think Tank, hosted by Dr. Mike O'Neill. Hey, Barry. Welcome back home. Thanks, Mike. Good to see you. Well, I I have been following you uh, mostly on Twitter. Uh Uh-oh. And uh, there's a a pattern that I see there, which is somebody comes up with some new idea and asserts that something was amiss in the 22 election, and your response is very consistent. Show me the evidence. Right. The conversation usually ends there. (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing how that happens. And, you know, I, I... come from a legal background, obviously. I'm an attorney and, and I'm a litigator, and uh, it's in my job, it's pretty easy. You either have the evidence or you don't. And if you have the evidence, you better have enough to prove your what you're, what you're alleging. And if you don't, you leave or you don't bring the suit. And, and, uh, and the, if you are in court and you lie... Oh, yeah. Even not under oath, an attorney, uh, that's something that you do at your own peril. Absolutely. I mean, attorneys are officers of the court. We can't lie. We have to, there's not even, you can't even have a hint of it or a perception of that. So that's the world I live in. And I'd like to think we all live in that sort of an honest world. I I know in reality, that's not true. Uh, But certainly in elections, what's going on now with all of these uh, allegations and baseless, just baseless statements, it's hurting all of us. It's hurting the institutions. It's hurting our elections. It's hurting people's belief in our elections. You know, and the courts. These are things we have, and the courts. These are things we didn't deal with 10 years ago, Mike. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really kind of amazing. Before 2016. Uh, um, I mean, right. I, I think, you know, if you're counting millions of votes, there'll be something at the margins. There'll be some vote that's ambiguously marked there will be a handful, and I mean a literal handful of people, who stupidly will vote in Minnesota and they move here. Right. And they think they can vote here, too. Yeah. No, they get one vote. <laughs> every year there's always somebody who voted grandma's ballot or, or mom died, but they voted anyway using her ballot. And and, uh, and there's a lot, a certain amount that's, oh, you can vote grandma's ballot if she gives you okay, but you signed that you voted for grandma. Right. And you have to, it's her vote, not yours. Yes. So, yeah, there's always a handful of those. And, and that's illegal. It's a felony. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and why somebody would bother with that over one vote, I, I never understand. Uh, I think the biggest answer to that is kind of stupidity. I, I think Because so that's never enough votes to change the outcome right. of an election. And if somebody is really going to steal votes and and incur that kind of legal liability, you better steal enough that it changes the outcome. You would think so. Um, and, and that's that's the part that I, I, I guess I understand why they're doing it. I think they're doing it to make money and to, to keep their name recognition out there. For some people, the, the election denialism is a brand. Um, and so I, I guess I understand it. But it's very bad for all of us uh, and for the court system and the trust uh, that I think as Americans we've had in our – and Arizonans we've had in our election system and in our court system. And, and that's evaporating now uh, really with no basis. And we have had a number of them. Uh, we want to talk about the top four offices in the last election. Blake Masters, to his credit, lost, conceded. I believe it was on election night, or if it wasn't election night, it was very shortly it, thereafter. It was, it, was, it was several days later, which is fine. We, we were still counting ballots, and he was looking at a few things, and that's fine. And that's normal. Right. If, if, if an election is close, you say, you know, I'm not. And by, and by the way, I, I think that 
one thing that people don't know is that conceding actually has no legal no consequence. You can concede the election, and they find more votes where they where they weren't expected to come from, and you, and you have more votes, you still win. Right, that's exactly right. It, it isn't like poker where you have to call your hand or something. Yeah. So, um, no, you're you're right, Mike. And but I I do I give Blake Masters credit. And you know the interesting thing when you leave Arizona, we are a hotbed of uh, almost the epicenter of election denialism around the country. When you leave Arizona in the 2022 election, and all of these Trump candidates, these MAGA candidates who were all about election denialism, all about saying the election was stolen from Trump in 2020, they conceded too. When you go to Pennsylvania and you go to Ohio and you go to places where those candidates were running and lost, they conceded. The only races in the whole country where we're still dealing with people saying, I didn't lose, even though they did, are here in Arizona. Well, one of the things I also noticed was the behavior of the attorneys. You have uh, many of these attorneys stood on the courthouse steps and talked about fraud and whatever, and then they're brought into the courtroom and the judge asks, are you alleging fraud here? And the answer is, no, Your Honor. Yeah, and that's exactly right. The lawsuits that Kerry Lake brought, that uh, Abe Hamaday uh, brought, and I know we're going to talk about these, they don't allege fraud. And in fact, Abe Hamaday's lawsuit, in the very first line, says we are not saying there was fraud or wrongdoing or anything or this election was stolen. That's not what we're saying. That's the first line of his lawsuit. But you would never know that if you look at his social media and his public statements, because saying there's no fraud doesn't bring in voters. It doesn't bring in in attention. And that's, I guess, what he's seeking. And yeah, that's what that's what agitates people. That's what uh, gets donations. The allegation of fraud is a I guess has been a very effective fundraising line, yeah, particularly for Donald Trump. Well, and for Kerry Lake. Kerry Lake, I haven't looked back in a while, but a couple months ago, Kerry Lake had brought in almost $3 million after the election. $3 million after an election she lost. And when you look at the finances, the reports that she has, less than well less than 10% of that money has gone to lawyers. Her lawyers are being paid for by other people, supposedly the MyPillow guy and others. So where is that money? Where does the $2.7 million approximately is that it, she's raised, where does that go? Is it unspent? Or are there, are I, I don't know. I, I don't know if she's, I, the way she brought it in, I don't know if her, and I'm, I'm speculating now, I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know if she's paying herself a salary or her husband a salary or family members. I, I don't know where that money is. Um, but if I'm a donor, if I'm somebody saying, I'm all about election integrity and I want your lawsuit to go forward and I'll support you, and you're not spending the money I give you on that, I'd want to know, where's the money? Isn't that... Um, there haven't there been some allegation in the case of Trump, and this may apply in some of the others. Isn't is this potential fraud? In other words, if you raise it and say this is for my legal defense, and then it goes for something else. Yes, that that is absolutely potential fraud. And the latest reporting is that Jack Smith from the Justice Department, the special counsel who's investigating Trump on an, on several things, has opened up a case uh, in investigating whether or not. Uh, what he did was fraud, that he was very similar to what you're describing, Mike, where he was raising money supposedly for his defense and other reasons, and that's not where the money went. That's not where the money was spent. So we'll see what, what happens there, but you, you run into all sorts of things like wire fraud and, and other uh, issues. Uh, if you raise money under a certain context and you don't do it, uh, and by the way, if you want an easy example of that is look what happened with Steve Bannon, what he and his compatriots were charged with. They were going to build the wall, right? right. Private money right, to right. build the wall. But they weren't using the money to build the wall. And they were arrested and convicted and, and he had a pardon. That's the only reason Steve Bannon's still a free man. And that's what that was. They raised money under false pretenses. There are some things for which the legal uh, requirements are much higher than others. 
how does the fraud statutes rank on that? You fraud. know, in other words, some things they're just you better nail yeah. it exactly right. Uh, or else it doesn't fly. Yeah, fraud is uh, fraud's very difficult to prove. Uh, even even on a, on a civil basis, it's very difficult to prove, and it's different. You have to prove intent, state to state. Yes, it's intent, and all in Arizona, I think there's nine factors that you have to mm-hmm. prove in order to prove fraud. So it's a it's a very high bar uh, to prove fraud, and criminally, I don't know that you're going to see that uh, charges of fraud against mm-hmm. people. Uh, I think with Trump, you're more likely to see some other things, but uh, if they if they charge him with anything, mm-hmm. um, but it's. It's a very high bar, and I guess these folks know that. They, they know they're unlikely to be charged. Well, let's run through these individuals. Let's start with Abe Hammett, a, a attorney general, just because we mentioned him okay. earlier. Uh, what's the status of his lawsuit challenges to the election? You know, with and with Hamaday, the, the one thing I've, I've said this from the beginning, he has the only what I would consider to be legitimate case not not that there's it's going to overturn the election but he lost by such few votes it was at the t- at the time i think it was 500 votes and now it's 280 yeah. it's so close that that's for me that's legitimate to look into the, that the other ones are inconceivable that they could yes. change the result this one is at least it's conceivable yes and, and in arizona the law is a law that was written by republicans by the way mm-hmm. was that if you're going to bring an election contest and say something happened in this election one of the factors has to be that whatever you find would change the outcome of the election. In other words, Arizona's not going to go through this this game of going through uh, going through the whole process and determining whether there was something amiss or wrongdoing if it really doesn't matter. Uh, and and because wh- every year they have an election, right. you have five or ten cases. Uh, exactly. The grandma case, somebody broke the law, but. It wasn't part of a massive conspiracy. So, and typically it's people came from another state or voting grandma. Right. Grandma's on her deathbed and voting her ballot. Right. And so that's so with Hamaday, his race was close enough that after the election, I said I didn't have a problem with him bringing suit if there was evidence that there was there were votes that were encountered. If there was something that that happened there that might change the outcome, because when you're talking about the number of votes cast in Arizona and the difference is 500 votes. OK, I mean, that some could change. He filed his lawsuit. The first line says we're not alleging there was fraud or wrongdoing, which was fine. And then they get into their trial. They had a trial. And his lawyer said, uh, basically told the judge, we don't have anything here that can that can. Uh, overturned the election, said that in open court. That's kind of admitting, that's yeah. sort of like conceding the issue. Right. right. But the judge went through the process. He went mm-hmm. through the trial. He had the evidence and then found that there was nothing here that would overturn the election or any wrongdoing was found. There was no evidence of anything. And and he lost. And it went up on appeal. So where we are now is Hamaday has since then uh, brought in some other lawyers who are uh, look, I don't, I don't know if he's paying them. I don't know if they're doing it for their own showmanship. I don't know what's going on. But they have now filed, and the most current thing is they filed uh, what's called a motion for for new trial. They're they're saying, Judge, we have new evidence, um, and we want a new trial. Now they've already missed the deadline to file a motion for new trial is very quick, and they filed this months after that. So I'm I'm a little concerned about that from the Probably timing standpoint. High likelihood they'll get tossed for that reason. Right, but but you know some of the stuff they're saying is that. Uh, uh, that Katie Hobbs at the time, the Secretary of State in the election, uh, you know, when they did the canvas of, of the counties mm-hmm. and things, that she had evidence of what ended up happening in Pinal County, where some we, there were that's some where votes. The, that's where the there there was a, about a two hundred vote discrepancy, and that's where it was. That's exactly right. So they're saying that she was aware of that before 
his, his trial and she should have informed the judge, but she was under a court order. The judge said, here's how we're going to do this canvas, all 15 counties. They're going to do each county will do their, their canvas, their audit. They're going to send it to the secretary of state who's not to publicize it or do anything with it. And then on this date, we will bring it into open court and open it and we will make the determination. I remember listening to the judge read it. Right. So she so they filed the secretary of state's office, followed Arizona law, followed the court's order, which is what the law says to do. Um, and now he's saying they she should have brought that to his attention. Now, it wouldn't have changed anything because the same number of votes were counted or mm-hmm. not counted, but that's that's the allegation. And now they're also trying to use some new and other what they consider to be new evidence has come up, but it's it's not new and it's not evidence. It's just more, I think, of the same conspiracy theory types of things. But that hearing goes on uh, here in a couple of weeks. There'll be a hearing um, uh, by, by that. I forgot which county it is now. It's not Maricopa County, but the, by that same judge to determine if there's sufficient evidence here to warrant a, a new trial. The judge will make that decision uh, and then it'll go on from then. In the meantime, uh, Abe Hamaday's uh, he lost his trial, he lost on appeal and is facing a request for sanctions. And at, at some point, the judge will rule on that and that will likely get appealed to. And this will continue to drag on. But yeah. That's where we are now. Sanctions. Uh, t- talk to me about sanctions. Under say, usually that involves either a fine or paying the other side's attorney's fees. What's the What's the threshold for that? Yeah, sanctions are basically to say, and, it, and oftentimes it's against the lawyer. It can be the party too, but it, it, it's generally designed as punishment for a lawyer or a party that failed to comply with a court order, uh, that failed to do something that was required by the rules of, of civil procedure or, or criminal procedure. It's something where something was done wrong, and the mm-hmm. judge thinks it's necessary uh, to punish them uh, and to make it right with the parties that were aggrieved. So here... They're the defendants in Abe Hamaday's case and these other cases. You know, they had to spend a lot of money on legal fees and expert mm-hmm. fees and other things, uh, it, despite what they what they perceived to be frivolous claims. That who were are the defendants? Is that the state of Arizona? It's the state of Arizona. It's the individual. So it can be. It's the Secretary of State's office and Katie Hobbs in her capacity in that. It can be depending on the suit that was brought. It also is now Adrian Fontes in the Secretary of State's office. It may have been the governor's office. It may. But is it's it Maricopa Katie County. Katie Hobbs person or Katie Hobbs as Secretary of State? It's both. So it's Katie Hobbs as the candidate who was running for governor at the time, and also Katie Hobbs in her official capacity. So she has had to spend legal fees defending herself personally, in addition to what the state had to pay. Right. And depending on the case. And then then Maricopa County also has all the... Stephen Richter's in these lawsuits. All the county supervisors are in these lawsuits. So has Hamada been sanctioned for anything, or has that not reached that point yet? It hasn't reached that point yet. There's there's motions for sanctions pending, and the court has not ruled on them. I anticipate the judge will rule on them after this motion for new trial is decided. Okay. Carrie Lake, let's talk about her. So Carrie Lake lost by over 17,000 votes and from day one has used the Trump playbook from 2020 to say, I didn't lose, it was stolen from me. Uh, There's no evidence that's been presented of that. She filed a lawsuit with uh, 10 counts. Uh, The judge dismissed uh, seven of them and then held a two-day trial uh, on the other three counts where Carrie Lake and her attorneys uh, were permitted to call every witness they wanted to call. They were able to put every piece of documentary evidence uh, into evidence. Uh, The judge did not bar anything. Uh, Things that the judge admitted at that trial would almost certainly never be admitted in a normal trial. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think what the judge was saying is there's no jury here. 
So the judge himself can make the determination and, of what weight to give. That's things. normal in what they call a bench trial. Bench trial being when the judge tries it. He says, you can, you can throw irrelevant yep. stuff in front of me. I'm a judge. I know what to discount. Oftentimes, Whereas if there's a jury there, you want to only show them. You don't want it's exactly. grounds for a mistrial if they hear stuff that they shouldn't hear. It's, it's called prejudice and it'd be bad. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yep. But even then, the judges normally will say, no, that's inadmissible, even yeah. if it's a bench trial. Mm-hmm. Here, the judge basically let it all in, which I thought was great. He's, he's so bent over backwards, she, Exactly. She got to present everything, every piece of evidence, every expert, every witness. Mm-hmm. And the judge found after that trial uh, that she failed to compl- she failed to uh, satisfy what's called her burden of proof under Arizona law. And there's election law that says what she has to do, has to show fraud or wrongdoing, has to show that it would overturn the outcome, all that sort of stuff. She didn't do it. She filed an appeal. The Court of Appeals uh, affirmed the lower court's decision. She then filed uh, an appeal with the Supreme Court, with the Arizona Supreme Court, which does not have to take an appeal. They decide if mm-hmm. they're going to take it. They did not take her appeal mm-hmm. with one exception. And the one exception has to deal with uh, just one portion of this that was decided by the motion to dismiss. Uh, and that was uh, whether or not the signatures were verified properly. So now we're talking about mail-in ballots. So everything else Carrie Lake had been talking about was election day, right? It was the disenfranchisement of voters. It was the printer issues. It was all those things. The courts have found no evidence that any of that was done purposely, that it was wrongdoing. And most importantly, the courts found that the evidence showed everybody who wanted to vote on election day was able to vote and every vote was counted. That's it. So That's the standard. So election day stuff is off the table. Off That's the t- been decided. It's done. Now, mm-hmm. she could she she could file a an appeal with the US Supreme Court uh, only because she wants to drag this out. That will not be accepted by the US Supreme Court. It's a state election law issue, mm-hmm. but that's up to her. Um, so the last remaining issue, the Supreme Court Arizona Supreme Court remanded it, sent it back down to the trial judge and said, "Judge, you dismiss this and we're not saying it shouldn't be dismissed, but you dismissed it for the wrong reason. The, the reason you gave, they, they kind of found a, a way to say this This might have, you, you, maybe it should be dismissed, but it shouldn't have been for this reason. Take another look at it. Mm-hmm. And then that's literally where we are. So that judge almost immediately scheduled a hearing an evident, to determine whether an evidentiary hearing would is necessary or if he can dismiss it for other grounds based on what was in front of him. But in the meantime, the Arizona Supreme Court said, we are entertaining a separate motion for sanctions against Carrie Lake and her attorneys and we they had they took additional briefing on that so the lower court judge ap- appropriately said I'm going to stop until the Arizona Supreme Court finishes its business and then when the when they finish their business then it'll be officially in my my courtroom mm-hmm. and I will deal with that so right now we're waiting on the Arizona Supreme Court to make a determination about those sanctions and then once now, that were occurs, those sanctions were those sanctions issued by the lower court they're, they're lower court, but also this, this, the Supreme Court can issue its own sanctions. Okay. Uh, the Supreme Court, in its order, denying all of Kerry Lake's appeal except for this one piece, uh, specifically pointed out that that her and her lawyers said that over 35,000 ballots were injected into the system, that, that non-voting ballots were somehow put into the count. Again, there's no evidence of that. The Supreme Court said there's no evidence of that. And in essence said you put you put false information in front of the court and that's sanctionable. So they're determining whether or not to sanction Carrie Lake because of that specific issue. That's in addition 
to other sanctions that may come from the lower court and the appellate court. Okay, so nobody has issued sanctions on that, but if I'm reading between the lines, you think they're coming? Well, I, I the way the Supreme Court order said, I wouldn't be surprised for the, to see them saying they they brought it up themselves. I mean, they raised the issue themselves, and they took a briefing from the parties. Now, maybe the briefing convinced them. Otherwise, so that mm-hmm. that's certainly possible. Um, and the lower court in Carrie Lake's original case did sanction her. They did sanction her a small amount for the expert fees that the defense was forced to incur mm-hmm. as a result of that trial. But it was not a, a large dollar amount that the lower court judge found. Okay, final guy, Mark Fincham, oh, Secretary my of State. <laughs> Mark Fincham lost by I think it was over one hundred and twenty-five thousand votes. Uh, you and I have a better chance of being having the election overturned and us being installed than Mark Fincham. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kidding, of course. Um, what Fincham says is there's no basis for anything he's saying. It's just it's just it's just insane. But he doesn't want to stop it. He's literally saying he's raising money to to fund his lawyers. I don't know how much money he's raising. I don't know who's paying for the lawyers. His lawyer was the one when the original court case was going on in open. Open court said to the judge, I will probably be suspended or disbarred for this, but I'm going to retire anyway, so what's the difference? I mean, (laughs) I've never heard such an argument before. This is a loser, and not only is it a loser, it's such a loser that I shouldn't even be bringing it here. That's how bad it is, that I can be sanctioned or suspended or disbarred over what I'm doing right now, but... What the heck? I'm going to retire anyway. I'm on. I'm on the edge of retirement, so I'm I'm beyond uh, being able to be sanctioned. Well... Financial sanctions, I suppose. Yeah, it'll be could, exactly. He could be hit for that. He absolutely he, could. He absolutely could. So, and and sanctions are more often than not against the attorneys who do something improper because the attorneys are supposed to know what they're doing, right? But but oftentimes with with parties like Fincham and Kerry Lake, what we're seeing is the judges are saying, "You keep bringing these cases, you as the party." And you know, at this point, they're not real. There's no basis or evidence of this. And now they're sanctioning the actual parties. And we, we saw that from a federal court decision in August against Kerry Lake and Mark Fincham. And we may see that again. So, yeah, tell me about the August one. So it, it, earlier this year, before the election, Kerry um, Lake and Mark Fincham filed a lawsuit saying that the Arizona's use of voting machines violates the Arizona Constitution. Now, we've been doing this for Years And keep in mind, Arizona, when we say voting machines, they're just counting machines. Every every ballot in Arizona is a paper ballot. Other states, you go up to a screen and you yep. vote on the screen. We don't do that here. And, and a lot of people have suggested the, be- the beauty of this is it's auditable. Right. Whereas if it's on the screen, if there's a screw up in the machine, you got a problem. That's exactly right. You can't right. retrieve that, what happened. And then you start worrying about is someone hacking into the yes. system. There's all yes. sorts of issues. So we don't have that. So uh, their, their claim was these voting machines, the, the, the counting, the tabulators, Uh, are unconstitutional in Arizona. And the federal court judge uh, who decided that case said their case was so, uh, my word now, ridiculous. It It had no basis. It was that he dismissed it and then sanctioned them seventy five thousand. I think it was seventy five thousand dollars to the parties and the lawyers, uh, and said this was so baseless and so without any merit or evidence uh, that to bring this was a waste of the court's time and a waste of the party's time. And that's what the judge did. Now that's been appealed, and I'm sure that'll be dragged mm-hmm. through the system. That's in federal court, so that's going to end up going up to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and we'll see where that goes. Uh, but that Arizona federal court judge, uh, I think, was. Uh, certainly at the beginning of what we're starting to see from these judges, which is a recognition of that, that we can't, I hope, a recognition that we can't keep letting these these candidates who lose uh, drag this through our court system, waste our time, force defendants and the government uh, to spend a ton of money on legal fees to fight what are ridiculous, baseless claims.
And we'll see if that plays out. But that's that's at least what that judge did in August. Uh, unfortunately, the court system, uh, it's not fast. It allows time for the parties to provide information. And then they're they're busy and it, it takes time. Um, and in the kind of sense that it is that the courts view themselves as we're here to handle almost any kind of claim. And we're going to give it some appropriate hearing uh, because that's what we're here for. Right. Well, and that's exactly right. And and I think they I think most of the courts, all the courts that I've seen go, they bend over backwards to to show that we're going to give you every opportunity to prove fraud or to prove wrongdoing or to prove that the election could be overturned because it's important. I mean, if, if something really happened that was fraudulent, you want to get it, we'd want to know and the right person should be in office. Right. I think we'd all agree with that. The, the, re, the winning candidate should be in office. But when you have parties uh, and potentially their attorneys who abuse our process, it's an abusive process to bring these cases to court when you know you don't have the actual evidence. When you're bringing, uh, as I say, you're bringing conspiracy theories to the court as if they're evidence, and those conspiracy theories do great in the public fe- in the public realm, right? They're infinite. They- you need nothing to create uh, other than an imagination. You can invent a. Conspiracy theory. That's right. And people seem to just feed off it. As soon as you say it, it must be true when they're on it. In a court of law, that's where conspiracy theories go to die. And that's the problem here is each of these cases that we've been talking about, they're based on nothing but conspiracy theories. And when they get to the courthouse, the courts say, you got to be kidding me. This is what you have. This is it. And there's nothing there. There's nothing there. And every single court has rejected every single one of these election uh, denialism claims. And I, I'll conclude on the on the point that you make so often in the Twitter sphere <laughs> when somebody comes up with one of these, it, you consistently have said, what's the evidence for this? And, right. and the and the uh, path goes dead at that point. Thank you very much, Barry Markson. I, I have been educated today. Uh, very, very interesting summary. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mike. Great to see you. 